Hi, my name is Philia, and I am here with my co-host, Yemi. Hey, guys. Welcome to Treading, Treading Faith. Faith. Treading Faith is our weekly podcast that we dedicate to diving into the deep end of open, honest, and fun conversations that surround everyday life and Christ. Now, I always say faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So, Yemi, what are we diving into today? So, Philia, we are still in the season of the power of parables, where we take a closer look at the parables as told by Jesus Christ and put a current take on it. These parables give us insight into the kingdom of heaven and teaches us valuable life lessons. The parable that we are discussing today is the parable of the cost of discipleship. This parable is found in the book of Luke, chapter 14, verses 25 to 33. I will be reading from the NIV version, but you can read from whatever version you like. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sister, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. Amen. Amen. So this hmm. is an interesting, interesting parable. <laughs> Honestly, it's kind of hard for me to see the parable of building the tower or fighting a war compared to the cost of discipleship and him saying that you have to give up everything. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think, I don't think they mean the same thing. I think he's trying to tell us something first. He's telling us the cost and then he's telling us, you really need to consider it before you go into fighting the war for Jesus. Right. Winning souls will cost. Right. And so um, when Jesus talks about like hating your father, mother, brother, sister, your own life, he's not really talking about hate. He's just actually saying that you need to love God more than you love those things. Like, hate is, 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 is a strong word. We don't use that now in days. Right. But at the time when he was using it, he wasn't actually meaning hate because in the book of Matthew, when he uses the same when Matthew talks about the same parable, he says, if you love your mother or father more than me, then you cannot follow me. So we know he's not actually saying, saying your, that, right. your mother. So I wanted to get that out of the way. So, but he's saying that you have to love him above all else, which we know is the greatest commandment. Mm -hmm. And then second, he says, you have to take up your cross, right. right? Now you don't have to physically carry a cross like Jesus did and, and go up to Calvary, right? But he's talking about, the fact that there are trials and tribulations that will happen to you because you are a follower of Christ. And can you bear it? Can you carry the cross mm -hmm. and give up your life for Christ? Can you give up what you've hold, held on to as your own? 
for Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and he's saying when he tells the parable of the war and the builders, he's saying that you have to carefully consider because it is costly, right? Renouncing your family for Christ is costly. These are people that raise you, that love you, but your faith and belief in Christ can be in juxtaposition to their beliefs. Right, I see. That. And it might cause strife with them. Mm-hmm. They might it might cause you to be estranged from them because they may be doing things that you don't approve of or you don't agree with and and you might have to cause create distance between yourself. But he's saying that is the cost of following him. Right, right. That there are people of this world who are still sticking to this world and you as a follower of Christ as a Christian are called to be set apart. Are you willing to let go of the things of the world mm-hmm. and follow him? Right. Are you really willing? He's saying, think about the cost, plan it out, consider it, weigh it. But we all know, right? Like, like we we've read the Bible. We've right. talked about this. We know that you can give up your worldly life for Christ and, and gain still. eternal life. Yes. What you gain is more than what you're giving up. Right. Right. But we're attached to it's the so things hard. of this world. Right. Yeah. And, and, and also when you think of that eternal life, it's still so abstract because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel tangible. And people are like, well, if I live to 80 or 100, when am I supposed to be getting this? I want to enjoy <laughs> life now, right? Yeah. yeah. But in this, it, it was. I remember when I read it, I was a little confused when I kept seeing the word hate, right? But we know Jesus is completely about love. And we know that this fact is true, that when he actually is using that, it's really an idiom for love. So he's saying that if you love your mother and father more than you love me, then you can't really be my disciple because it's like putting everything down aside. Love me so that I can, I guess, love me because you're you're loving me, you're loving the word, you're being aligned with God because it's that idea of do not conform to the matters of the world, but be renewed by the trends or be transformed try, try to transform by the renewal of your mind. So it's about that newness. It's about changing your mind and not really conforming to the matters of the world and being of the world because we, we, we're we here. We're already part of it, but we don't have to be it. We can still be um, trying to renew our minds and, and follow the word and be about the word. Yeah. You know, so I think this parable, although it might seem complicated, it's, it's still... Jesus is still saying the same thing. It's like in order to be when when he uses the go out and make disciples, right? That idea is you can't just be a disciple because, oh, okay, we are disciples, we follow. Following is also doing. Following is believing. Following is you eat, you dream, you sleep. It's about it. You're about it all encompassingly. (laughs) You're about that life. You encompass the entire thing. You're engulfed in it. You're, you're, You're not just... You're in, but in order to be it, it has to be head to toe. It has to be internally, it has to be externally. Right. So right. that's what the discipleship is, not just saying I am a disciple right. of Christ. Right. He's saying to be a disciple, you can't be a fair weather ah, disciple, right? It. Like you got to yes. be all in. Mm-hmm. And to be all in means that you may lose, you may lose friends. Absolutely. I remember- Your mother and father. Who knows if that's, yeah. you know, this idea of loving your mother and father more than- loving my me in a sense. I right. think using that term, but go ahead. I apologize. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in college mm-hmm. and um, I remember like I started to rethink some of the things that I was doing and saying and how it wasn't aligning with my Christian principles. Mm-hmm. 
And some people would say like, well, you can be, you know, twerking and, you know, (laughs) drinking alcohol. And then, you know, next day you're about the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like when you're going out to make disciples, people will point out the hypocrisies in you all the time. Good point. Right. People will point out the contradictions. Now, I believe that we're all work in progress and some of the things, they won't go away easily or quickly. It will take time. And so I don't mind that people point out the, the inconsistencies or the contradictions because it helps me see like, okay, is this something that I, I need to work on and mm-hmm. overcome? Mm-hmm. But if you're all in, you're all in, right? So if, right. if Jesus if Jesus called you and tells you like, listen, you cannot drink alcohol, you cannot party anymore. And that's something that you are talking to God about, right? That's a person, you have a personal relationship with God. Right. Then you put that aside, you may lose friends who you used to do those things with, right? You may be able to, you know, sit with them and talk with them and they're drinking and you're not drinking. But imagine that all they did was go out and you were like, I I can't go to the club anymore. Right. You may you lose, may lose those your friends. friends. Yeah. Because I know that there was a time where I used to go out all the time. Mm-hmm. And then there was a time where I didn't have a desire to do it right. anymore. And it felt like I wasn't having a social life because the people that I hung out with, that's what they like to do all the time. And so trying to come up with new and creative ways to do things and spend time with the people that you enjoy their company with. Like you remember, I had to remember like, being drinking alcohol doesn't equal fun, right? right? Like That's I can true. go, I had to challenge myself to go out and not drink and see if I can have fun. Mm-hmm. Am I still the same person? Am I still fun? Am I still right. engaging right. without drinking alcohol? So it's no longer a crutch. And that's part of growing in your discipleship. And if you want to follow God, maybe there are things you do have to cut out, right? Jesus is like, this is a hard line. You're, you're, there's no toe in, toe out. Mm. It's all in or not. And it may take time before you can say, like, I'm a true disciple. Mm -hmm. You can say, like, I am a Christian work in progress. You know, that's okay as long as you're working in progress. But if you're there, if you know the challenges of following Christ, meaning that you have to leave your parents Mm. who are making fun of you because you're a Christian, you have to leave friends right. who are like, you're not fun anymore right. or criticizing you about your Christianity. Right. That's costly and it hurts. It does like, hurt. It those does. things are painful to lose, right? They are. they are. Absolutely. And I think you said it best that sometimes you have to be willing to lose everything in order to gain everything. And that is basically what Christ is is saying, that we are to love God above all else, including our own lives. And we must model, you know, the life of Christ with obedience and trusting and having faith. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the whole not having a desire to party anymore, because I remember for myself that pretty much after college, I really didn't party. And then I went away to Mexico and I came back wanting to party so much. I was wondering where this urge was coming from. And I remember feeling like, you know, here I am. I'm more settled in my religion. I'm feeling comfortable. You know, it's no real smoking or drinking. Like, I don't need to do those things in order to feel like I have fun. I just love music. And I was like trying to justify going out, enjoying myself. And I remember someone offered me, he's like, hey, you want to drink? I was like, no, I'm good. He's like, so you don't want to drink? I'm like, no. So 
what are you doing to have fun? I'm like, I'm just enjoying myself. It's okay. Like I, I just am, I'm just, I, you know, it's like, let me just be like, it's okay. Like it's not, I don't need all of the effects, you know, to feel good. And I think there's a confidence, you know, in, in, in being okay with just that not needing the extra additives, I'm going to say, you know, and the extra fluff, you know, because I think at the end of the day, that that's really being original and really true to yourself. So I think the reason why I brought this up is that here you are feeling like you didn't have a desire and me, I have the desire. Does that mean that we're off paths? No, but I just think that me finding myself okay in the mist, because that's the reality. We are we are living in a world where there's good and bad going on, evil and 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 kindness all around us. But how do we stay true to who we are? Right. You know, and I think for me, that was an example of still staying true to who I am in spite of everything that was going on around me. And it's not just like mm -hmm. staying true to who you are, mm -hmm. but it's who the Holy Spirit is calling you to ah, be, right? Because you're, you're evolving, mm -hmm. right? Like the mm -hmm. things that you used to do, you no longer do. Right. And it doesn't mean in that situation, you can't be, you can't be Christ-like mm -hmm. or you can't, right? They tell you like, well, you, you can't be in a drunken mind and be preaching gospel, Correct. right? Because right? you may not be doing it, right? Mm -hmm. But you can't, you can be in a situation in which is an opportunity to preach, right? right? It's an opportunity to be an example to someone like right. you don't need alcohol to have fun. Right. It doesn't need to be your crutch. That person may be struggling with an addiction. You know, when Jesus, remember when Jesus talked about like going after like the one sheep that was lost mm. or sitting at the table with the sinners. Mm -hmm. It's about these are the people that I want. Right. That's, that's part of being a disciple, right? right? When he says, take up your cross follow him. That second part of like not just leaving the, oh, your old life behind mm -hmm. and all those people who, who may not be aligned with who you are, or who you're becoming. Right. When you take up that cross and you're following Jesus, you're mm -hmm. doing the things that he did. And he sat with the sinners, uh, absolutely. you know, and right. he chased after them. He wanted to talk to them. He wanted to preach. Mm -hmm. So there's opportunities everywhere right. to create disciples, to, to preach the gospel, to encourage people to repent mm -hmm. and to have this. So don't, I don't want to take that away from anyone. Right. But mm. what the Holy Spirit calls you to do is not necessarily what the Holy Spirit calls me to do. Right. And we're all working. We're all changing. We're all evolving. Like we're not supposed to be the same that we were yesterday. Mm. And some things we put away, right? Like we say they're childish things. And some things, they, they go with us. They linger a little bit longer. We don't know why. But the Holy Spirit is still working in us. Right. If we're still praying about it, talking and being in communication with God and asking God to change the things that we don't like. When the Holy Spirit convicts you and it's like, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. You feel it. Right. You Absolutely. feel that tug. You're like, oh, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't align. Right. right? right. Like when you're talking about being your inner you, mm -hmm. when you're when the Holy Spirit is within you, right. that is your inner you. That is your inner that you. is yes. who you're talking to and communicating mm -hmm. with and seeing what aligns with you. And so taking up that cross of Jesus Christ means that is going to be an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. It is going to be a struggle and it is going to be a work in progress. And it's going to be painful, right? Mm -hmm. Call it growing pains. It's going to be painful. And he doesn't promise that the road is easy. Right. But if you are willing, 
if you are willing to leave everything behind and do what God is calling you, mm -hmm. God can be, can be calling you to minister anywhere. anywhere right. Will you right. be willing to do it? Right. If you are in the middle of a situation and the Holy Spirit convicts you to start preaching and you're a bunch you're you're in a casino and the Holy Spirit convicts you to start preaching about letting go of gambling addiction. Mm -hmm. Right. Something overcomes you. That's Will true. you do it? Will you That's answer true. that call? Wow. Because there's some people who may be gambling for fun, but there's some people who may be addicts who may need that healing, who wow. may need that reconciliation, who may need to be who may need to be called back to God. There That's is somebody really who's gambling their rent, wow. their mortgage, their family's life saving. And the Holy Spirit, you never know why you're in a place at that time. Because we're, like you said, we're still in this world. Right. But right. we're called not to be of it. Of it, correct. Right. We're mm -hmm. not so supposed to succumb to the things of the world. Of the world we're yeah. not supposed to use that as a crutch. We're not supposed to use that to give us pleasure. Right. What gives us pleasure is serving God. Yes. And when God calls us to serve him, we don't know what that looks like. Oh. Right. Like the Bible says you can't serve two masters, right? You mm -hmm. can't serve money and, and God. God right? So like part of taking up your cross may, may mean like I have to give up my worldly possessions. Right. right. But right. God doesn't say I called you to be poor. Right. Right. He's saying I called you to follow me. Correct. Correct. He will take care of your needs mm -hmm. as long as you're following him. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that God called you to be rich and wealthy. That yes. might not be everybody's calling. Mm -hmm. But he says he will supply all your needs. Right. Needs, not wants. Not wants, yes. I want a new <laughs> Louis Vuitton. I want a Louis Vuitton backpack. Right. I want Fendi slippers and a, and, and a purse. But do I right. need it? Right. <laughs> That's not something I'm praying to right. God about, right? right. I right. pray to him about wealth, but right. I don't pray to him about these specific, specific items because I think, wealthy they're, items, right, right. <laughs> I, I think they're shallow, right? Correct. Like even I know not to ask for Correct. those things because right. they're not needs. Correct. But God will provide your needs. Right. But are you doing what he called you to do? Have you answered the call? I don't know what the call is on mm -hmm. your life, right? Like mm -hmm. we don't know. This is something that you talk to God with. This right. is part of your, your Christian discipleship, right. your growth, your process. Right. But this is what Jesus is saying. Are you going to be my disciple? Mm -hmm. Are you, and if you're going to be my disciple, this is what it might cost you. It may cost you your friends, right. your relationships, and it may be a heavy burden. You may be called to relinquish some of the things that you enjoyed that are things of the world. Are you ready and willing? Because it will cost. And he's giving you an opportunity to think about it. That's why he tells that parable about the king and the war and the builder. Because if you just go in head first and you're not carefully considering it, you may fail. Right. You don't want to be a failed Christian or disciple <laughs> maker or whatever it is. Right. You got to put God first in all things and he will clear your path. Because a lot of times we, we do things and we don't even put God first. Yes. Um, and then we want God to bless it. Exactly. I mean, yes, you're right. I, I think I'm sorry um, no, that ahead. you were you were basically saying because Jesus, even when he says to Matthew, he says, he who finds his life will lose. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Mm. So it's about relinquishing all of these worldly things because you're right, God, he's saying he will provide, he will provide for you. It's okay. We live in this world, but we don't have to be of it. You mm. know, it's like it, it, all of these matters are are just, they, they, they seem tangible now, but at the end, 
at of, of the life or at the end of the day, the most important thing is having that everlasting life, yeah. having that, that, that having what God can all give us because that's everlasting. Yeah. This stuff here is, is not infinite. Right. It you fades. know, and, and mm -hmm. it fades. And I think that it's hard to get out of that because we always want what we want. Yeah. But is it what we need? Yeah. You know, and, and I think it's really important for us to understand relinquishing doesn't mean being poor. It's just saying that all of this stuff doesn't matter because when we go, we're not taking them with us. Right. You know, so, so, so have, be about God, be about everything that he has to offer, be about trusting him and the things that we want. If, if it is his will, then we will get, but know that he will always give us what we need. Yeah. Yeah. Beauty, money, power, yeah. fame, they all fade. They all but that do. relationship with God That's is everlasting. That, that, that eternal life is mm. eternal. It's, I mean, so it's, infinite. It is, it's in of itself. It's saying that yeah. it's everlasting. Yeah. The things of the world will fade, but what is important to you is the, the lasting things important to you. Uh -huh. If that is, that's what you're going to chase after. Right. Because if God desires to give you power and it aligns with his will and, and it serves him and his will, you will have it. He's yeah. not going to deny it for you. Right. If it's what you want and it aligns, you will have it. If it's fame, wealth, whatever, it, it aligns, you will have it. But will you? are you willing to give up what you have been holding on to see what God has for you? Because sometimes we're so attached to what we have that we're afraid to step out on faith and see what God has for you. I promise you it's more. I promise you, you will be fulfilled. I promise you that it will be everlasting. I believe it. That is my faith. And I want you to have the same faith too. Do you trust God enough mm. to give up what you have and chase what he has? Give up what you currently have right. and chase what he's willing to give you. Amen. I think this parable is definitely one for the books. We have <laughs> to always keep that in mind. So thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you enjoyed this parable of the discipleship and before we end, we have a few announcements and then we will close with a prayer. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We hope you enjoyed this discussion on the parable of the cost of discipleship. But before we end, we have a few announcements and then we would like to close with a prayer. First, we would like to announce that we will be back next Wednesday with another podcast on the parable of the lost coin, which will be taking place from the book of Luke chapter 15, verses eight to 10. We are super excited for my favorite time of the week. Our YouTube Live Wisdom Wednesdays will take place tonight at 7.15 p.m. Eastern. Lastly, our podcast, Treading Faith, is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever podcasts are accessible. If you need to catch up, check out our Instagram page for the latest updates and previous podcasts. Please don't forget to like us, comment, and share with your family, colleagues, and neighbors alike. Now, let us join together in prayer because we believe in the power of prayer, specifically praying the text of the Bible. According to Isaiah 55, 11, the Lord's word does not come back void. Now God desires that we come to him and be restored back into his grace and favor. 
So because our prayers are strengthening in numbers, we ask that you come in agreement with us for this closing prayer. Heavenly Father, bless us all. We pray for our loved ones here and near and far away and everyone for whom we pray. Keep us safe and each night, Father God, keep the homeless safe who have no place to stay. Those who are suffering in any way, Father God, we pray for them, the dying, those mourning or grieving, and all who need God's mercy. Keep them all safe, Father God. When we are at home or traveling or on our way, anywhere we are going, anytime we are vulnerable, Heavenly Father, please keep your mercy on us. Father God, hear us, hear our prayers, and purge our souls. Father God, we come to you because we want to always feel your presence in our hearts. We pray for all of mankind to find the faith to believe in the messages that are carried by their dreams and to see beyond the visible world, Father God. We pray that everyone that we come in contact with can walk away with much or least or some happiness that lives within them, Father God. And we pray for their peace, their acceptance, and their tolerance for all of whom express their love for you, Father God. But most of all, we pray for an end to the violence and depravity that darkens many souls. So, Father God, we pray for all of those loved ones here and there and far away and everyone for whom we pray. Keep them safe each night and each day, Father God. From the words of our mouths to the meditation of our hearts, may it be acceptable and pleasing to you. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, in Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. We thank you for your prayers, your love, and your avid support. We hope that you will join us tonight for our YouTube Live Wisdom Wednesdays at 7.15 p.m. Eastern. Until then, have a blessed and productive week. We love you, and we see you later. Bye.